<laughs> and then and then she changed her Twitter bio to say she was chilling and watching a movie with a friend. Because the world we live in now is one where the president of the most powerful country in the West insults an autistic climate change activist who's 16 years old and she clapped back the best way a 16-year-old could. Don't talk to me about fucking the world we live in now. It's all horrible. (laughs) Oh, tell me about it. Horrible. Tell me about it. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? We won't get too political in case our listeners don't want us to slash... Uh, voted for the wrong people um but <laughs> that was satire and also frustration um uh on our panto shows last uh, friday night in particular oh yeah and and uh, on saturday morning there was a genuine kind of just feeling in the audience of oh, like everyone was just out of it and yeah. uh, like i think as weird as it sounds, and it, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying like we change the world, but I think maybe them coming to see people like tell crap jokes and flail, flail around probably yeah. helped. Yeah, because I've I've never known an audience before in any show I've been to, or or, or been in, um, to to palpably feel upset in the room. Yeah, it's really outside of obviously you know intentionally making him upset within the case of a story or a play or whatever. But you know it's sort of like oh, this is weird. So I think by act two and uh, minor spoiler alert, the uh, a reigning men sequence of Robin Hood. I think they were. Um, <laughs> I think they were well cheered up by that point. So it was like there we go, there we yeah. go, there we go. Good. Escapism, folks. Good. It can be healthy, as can the Big Damn Cast. Hello, we there's, are your hosts. There's nothing healthy about this. I am Christopher Chuck Wendig's Aftermath Trilogy Johnson. <laughs> I am Matthew Watson. Star Wars Legends is still canon, Watson. <laughs> so good I said my surname twice. Because you wanted to make sure it was officially canon, that's why. Officially canon. Good sir. Good Let's, kind sir. What if, this is, the, this is the measure of Star Wars fans now. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone fucking started a thread on the Star Wars subreddit being like so like what if we created a council to vote on what was and wasn't canon and and how and do you think we could get the license from Disney so we could take control of it <clears throat> as the fans and okay the internet two things laughed the internet <laughs> yeah, two- laughed so hard Two things. One, there is a council that decides what's canon. It's called that freaking team of people that monitor the canon. Star Wars story that, group. That is their job. Led by and, Pablo Hidalgo, I think, I want to say. Yeah. And two, uh, do you have like a spare 20 bucks? I'm sure that'll buy you the yeah. license to Star yeah. Wars. Maybe if every person on the planet <laughs> and then how, some chucked in. De- how depressing is that, though? Like, oh, if we all chipped in, like, $5 each, like, we could absolutely afford, like, the $6.5 billion or whatever, this other. Cool. If you have that kind of drive, maybe put it toward cancer cures. No, and, something, and, something you know, that matters. Getting people off the street. You know, there's, there's, oh, God. In, 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 in our local area, um, back home, um, Worsley in Greater Manchester, 
they've recently over the last few weeks they've restored that entrance to like the old tunnels and everything and the, the around the waterworks mm. and they've given it a go over it's it's they've made like walkways and paths around it you know similar to the areas in um Clifton Marina mm. um in in Greater Manchester folks which we're talking nonsense now but just bear with me I know what um, you mean you know like where we've got like the, the 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 sculptures of the miners and things like that and it's just sort of like oh it's a bit of heritage about the area and what it meant They've done that in Worsley, but they've spent £5.5 million on it. And I'm looking at the centre of Manchester City Centre and going, yeah, but can we sort out the guys that are on Spice and, and get yeah. them off it and give them a roof? Like, I, sure, yeah, let it, of course, of course celebrate and acknowledge the hard work of the people that came before us. But the people that came before us aren't here anymore. And the people that are dying on the street are. So can yeah. we maybe, like, look after them, please? I don't know. I don't know. What am I talking about? I didn't vote Tory. Well, anyway, the hey. point. <laughs> hey. And I don't. And I don't judge it. And I don't judge anyone who did if they did it with sound mind, sound reasoning, and they read up on what they were doing. I but don't then, judge anybody for that. But then, why would you vote Tory? Politics, lads, lads, lads. Oh fucking hell! Oh um, god, I'm not well, Matt. <laughs> none of us are right i'm now, not Chris. well oh but i'm i'm not well in the squiffy sense oh no so <laughs> as as of recording this it's monday oh, monday the no. 16th of december in case anyone's wondering based on the thumbnail and the title and all that as to why we're not reviewing rise of skywalker yet yeah, we spoiler won't. alert next week um well no because next week's the christmas episode is it i thought it was the week after christmas no, episode no. oh it's my christmas, goodness christmas. <gasps> well, well in that because... case folks look out for a video or two <laughs> It's the sixteenth today. Yeah. 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 So Christmas Day falls on <laughs> next Wednesday. Which is oh, when yeah, we would normally it? record next week's episode. But we've already recorded the Christmas episode. Oh my god. Because we're organised in shiz. Oh my god, of course. So the Christmas episode will be going out on Boxing Day for yes. everybody to wrap their ears around. When did Christmas get here so yes. quickly? Well, in that case, if you want our spoiler-filled thoughts, folks, tune in the week after. Yeah, but, um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing it on Thursday, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it at one minute past midnight on Thursday in 3D. Oh, I'm not. I'm seeing it on Thursday afternoon in 2D. Ah, fair enough. Beautifully, Thursday ended up being, like, our one last day off aside from Christmas Day for the rest of the run. Ooh. So, when I realised that, some of the team were like, we're going out, out on Wednesday night, we're going out, out, and I'm like, oh, out, out. I'm going out, out for about an hour, and then I'm going to the Odeon, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch Star Wars, and then I'm going to spend most of the next day in bed. Because, um, my God, we're about to hit the busy Christmas schedule for the show. Oh, yeah, but, I bet. Um, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a loving nightmare, but the good kind of nightmare. Um, <laughs> with pies and dreams and, and, and hope and prosperity austerity being dealt with but the point is that yeah tell me about um, it. oh god but uh, yes yeah, so every, everyone everyone's been working really hard on the Pantone New Theatre or lincoln.co.uk if you want to come along come see us Robin Hood it's really good um, and it's uh, really good it's it's really fantastic you know it is it really is thank you You've the beaten. late great Frank Sidebottom there for endorsing actually have gone mad haven't you I quite possibly. Well, here's the thing. I may genetically have gone a little bit stir crazy. I'm definitely okay. stirred up because uh, back in week one, if you if you want a bit of weird panto gossip, folks, go to I think it's on the Lincolnite as uh, the website. It might be back in week one. <laughs> <laughs> might be might be Lincolnshire Live, but I think it's definitely the Lincolnite. Um, reported that uh, a, an Indian restaurant in the area 
gave mm. a table of guests, uh, seven guests, five of them, uh, the next three days were very, very unwell. Mm. Um, they theorized that it was to do with the chicken because the five that were unwell had chicken. Well, it's always the chicken, isn't it? Ah, but herein lies the rub. Because on the exact Which same the, floor... They put on the, oh, it was the rub <laughs> they put on the chicken! Yeah, they were rubbing that chicken right up. Oh. <laughs> on the exact same floor on that exact same night, a bunch of us were out there as well. Oh, uh, it was no. During rehearsal period, there's always a night where, like, once the band is starting to do their get-in, we'll always go and have a curry. And there's a big batch of us there too. Next day... A lot of the cast weren't feeling well. The day after, the director even said, and this was on the um, last tech day, uh, the director even said to the four or five that were really unwell in our group, stay home, come in for the last tech and dress at the end of the day. Like, just stay home and get better. Um, Which was, you know, obviously it's weird. And for those who don't know, tech and and dress are... um, Tech is when you plot the show out on stage with everybody involved, the lighting, sound, everybody is now there and it's about feeling your way and making sure it all works and the cues are on time and the lighting's good and changing where the spots are, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then dress is as close to a real put-on of the show as you can get. Ideally, never stopping going all the way through. Sometimes it stops and starts here and there. Things need to be tweaked and then it carries on. Um, it's like it's like the DVD version of the show. People pause it and go, right, hang on. Do you know what? We're going to bring that a bit further forward. All right, okay, fine. Right, you ready? And carry on. Okay. Um, so it's kind of essential for everyone to be there, but you know it's bad in terms of how everyone was feeling if the director's like, no, five cast members, stay home. Stay home and come in later. Um, <clears throat> uh, I thankfully was okay. Uh, myself and, and my co-star Jamie were the only two who didn't really get unwell at all everyone was either really badly unwell or partly unwell we were fine and we surmised that it was because our butter chicken was obviously we both had the butter chicken it must have been fine um yeah we now suspect that what really went on was there was some equipment that hadn't been cleaned properly and we were just fortunate enough to not get it because our drummer mike did a little bit of reading and found out that in late october the uh norovirus was doing the rounds in lincoln Oh no! Yeah, squits and shits and spits and lits. Um, Norovirus is nasty, man. It's not fun, and and so uh, symptoms include really, really painful cramps in the stomach, shitting through the eye of a needle, and the occasional bit of puking. Um, and these symptoms matched how a lot of people were feeling. So that was a difficult first week. Obviously, the first lot of shows, school shows, went on, and a lot of the cast were like very much in that sense of. You know, the, the, the archetype of the actor who doesn't stop having a bucket, like, to the side of the stage, just in case. And you just get on, you do your thing, blah, 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 this is great. And then you get off and you go, oh, God. Oh, oh right, I need to be, <laughs> need to be stage right because I'm back on in five minutes. Okay, here we go. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Everyone's soldiering through, power to them. They did so well. Not a single sign in the show that anyone was off their game. Brilliant. Well done, cast. Well um, done. Well done. Everyone seems to be past it for the most part. Our lovely Friar Tuck, Chris Hayes, um, who uh, is my third time working with him, actually. We, did, we worked together in Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz. Um, he's uh, he's still feeling a little sort of unsure. Uh, <laughs> his, his appetite's not come back yet. Unsure basically. of his farts, basically. Yeah, oh, no, no he's, he's, he's been all right. He's, he's, not been, he's not been a tutti frutti, but he's been, you know, his, his, his appetite really hasn't restored since yet so he's been eating very minimally and and which you know is obviously good if, if stuff in your stomach's upsetting you you need to eat a lower intake of stuff and pick the right things um 
But you know, he, he's doing okay, and it's, it seems like aside from him having a bit of a tummy, you know, tummy upset, it, we're okay. But then the last three days, mm. I suddenly got hit by stomach cramps the other day, and then. <laughs> gory details folks for this star wars podcast i went to um i went to the bathroom pre-show because once i'm in my costume guys i'm in my costume uh, like there, there are layers to my costume and i cannot easily peel those layers back so i will always pre-show whatever if i need it or not i will always go for a pee pre-show that day i was like oh i feel a bit weird so i went for a number two and nothing happened and i was like oh oh i guess i'm fine and then i went on stage and the moment I stepped on stage, this little voice somewhere from within my gut went, Hello, Christopher. Hello. You thought I wasn't here, but I am. <laughs> I spent the rest of, I spent the rest of that show with the tensest middle torso you'll oh. ever see. <laughs> Just oh. in case. Just in case, because you hear horror stories of people shitting themselves on stage. And I'm like, I don't want that to be me, at least not in front of these children. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can you imagine? Can oh you imagine? God. What was your favourite part of the show? When Will Scarlet shat himself. <laughs> but we've been trying to trace what it could be, because like, based on what I'd eaten that day, Lucy was here and we both had a slice of cake at this, this um, uh, coffee shop. Uh, that was from the same cake, and that was the only thing I'd really eaten that morning. But she's fine. It's like, oh, God, well, what is this? We can't quite pinpoint it. And then it hit me. There is a single hand towel in the bathroom next to our dressing room that has been there for two weeks. And myself and, and Mr. Barney Harwood have been like, I'm sure that's not been washed. I'm sure that's not been taken in by anyone. <laughs> now, if that's the case, that towel's been there since everyone had the virus. So oh, no. I've been washing my hands and it seems to be just me at the minute, but I've been washing my hands with a dirt rag that has uh, sent me towards oblivion. Oh no. So this this might be this might be my last big damn cast after the pre-recorded Christmas special. <laughs> oh no, yo, you'll survive. I'll resurrect you. Oh. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. But aren't you res- when you're resurrected, aren't you usually resurrected in the state you were in before you died? <laughs> so I have an <laughs> I have an eternal ah! virus. <laughs> yes. You'll be forever shitting. Oh, God. Oh, what an afterlife trailer, which we'll talk yes. about later. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful oh. afterlife. That's very... That's very oh. uh, first of all, though, I think we're going to get some emails. We bleeding wet lot. You lot got in touch and we were like, Yay, but also we were pre-recorded, so we couldn't really say You were always like, and I but, was also like, stop touching me, please. Yeah, yeah, that was a boundary with which I'm not comfortable crossing. Um, Look, I, I, know, I know I know, we share a nice relationship with you all, but seriously, back off a don't little touch me. bit. Get That's that little, finger you know. out of there. Um, <laughs> you don't know where it's been. It might have been to that Indian restaurant. Oh, God. Uh, in which case, <laughs> get that finger up there and plug it. Um, <laughs> Put that thing back where it came yeah. from, so help me. Oh, this one comes in from long-time listener, Jacob. Jacob. It's your old Jacob. Jacob says, he says, Hey up, big damn cockers. Hey up, Jacob. I recently listened to your Twilight Zone quiz episode, which persuaded me to go and watch the original TV show for the first time, which I'm very Why? glad to say I'm enjoying very much. 
Hey. My favorite episode so far has been one for the angels. One for the angels. Or is it one for the angles? <laughs> It'll definitely be angels. Yeah, I just like, I know, I know Jacob's the show, which I'm not sure if that's, a, if that's the word or if that's just a spelling, I just have a typo. I mean, I'll be honest, one for the angles sounds funny. Sounds very Lovecraftian. <laughs> Many angled <laughs> beings. Non Euclidean geometry. Um, in fact, which one is? Oh, this is the one with Edwin. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. This one's got uh, uh, Mr. Death in it. Mr. Death. Yes, yes. It's about it's about a snake oil salesman, like a like a guy who sells trinkets and stuff. And there's a whole deal with the devil. Yeah, no. Again, it's Twilight Zone, so I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna say too much about um, it. But yeah, your career options are probably limited with a name like Mr. Death. Um, yeah. <laughs> It features Ed Wynn, don't you know? I, I do now. Uh, in fact, I'd say it's one of the best <laughs> 50s pieces of television I've ever watched. What are both of your favourite episodes of The Twillet Zone? See, I'm not really common, common, <laughs> com- qualified to answer this because I've not actually watched a lot of Twilight Zone. I'm aware of it culturally and like yeah. its impact. Oh, through osmosis. Yeah, but I haven't really sat down and watched much. So I couldn't so really if I say. Said, so if I said to you, there's something on the wing. I know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> that's nightmare at how many thousand feet it was in the fifties. I don't know. It's more now. Yeah. Um, and they keep adding, they, like Tarantino. They keep adding feet. Keep adding, um, hey! So, <laughs> um, so um, yeah, uh, wash your souls, Margot. So um, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, yeah, uh, for me, if if we're talking just like pure spooks and creepiness, um, spooky. Yeah, uh, the dummy. With Cliff Robertson is really bloody good. Uh, is the, me, is the dummy called what, Peter? Peter. No. Um, <laughs> Peter. Sorry, I was trying to, I'm trying to find the. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Um, no, the dummy. Uh, 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 no, the dummy's called. Um, uh, no, it's not uh, Willie because the same prop is used in another Venture of the Quest episode, and that's called Caesar and Me oh, from a later it, series. Does it give him the willies? No, but it has one of the creepiest ending shots of a Twilight Zone ever. Dun, 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 um, dun, 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 dun. And Cliff Robertson, mate, Cliff Robertson is amazing in it. The all the, the all time greatest performances of people uh, convinced their dummy is alive, but terrified that everyone will think they're mad, is basically like um, Cliff Robertson in the dummy, Anthony Hopkins in Magic, mm. and that guy from Dead of Night. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's it. The dummy's great. It's great for simple spooks, as is. Um, Talky Tina. Mirror Image is another amazing one. That's the one where a woman is trying to escape her life and you sort of learn a bit more about her as the episode goes on. So she's at a, a bus depot late at night waiting for the first like shuttle bus out of town. And she narrowly keeps missing um, someone who looks exactly like her. And it's it's one of those where like as it unfolds, you're like, the fuck is happening yeah. here? Uh, the After Hours is a really good one, set in a department store. Um, uh, but I think the absolute best Twilight Zone for me is The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, because it's a story about paranoia. At that point, based sort of on like um, post World War Two, pre Cold War kind of like you know, um, uh, uh, anti communism kind of vibes in America. Yeah. Uh, and it's <clears throat> dead simple. It's some weird shit's going on on the street, and the neighborhoods start pointing fingers at each other. And it's just about the growing aggression and paranoia, and and, and the way people decide who might be in the wrong. And it's like, mm. ooh, that one has aged, un- upsettingly, has aged very well because it's still kind of happening. <laughs> um, 
in the way, yeah. in the way that the I mean, paranoia gets to grips me if I'm them. wrong, but it seems like the Twilight Zone has always been uh, rich in social commentary, hmm. if not overtly oh, yeah. political. Oh, absolutely! the best The best Twilight Zones are layered like crazy. Um, the the ones that the, the ones that are more kind of straightforward, like spooky flicks, are more about um, they're more they're more discussing issues of psychosis, um, things like uh, betrayal, secrets, uh, paranoia, like that sort of stuff. Whereas some of the best ones, are the ones that deal with a big issue but turn it into a you know, into a, a sci-fi plot. Mm. Um, basically, like, old-school sci-fi, how it should be, like, things like Star Trek and everything, using the real world as a, as a basis for a story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad, it's Jacob, isn't it, took into the Twilight Zone. I'm glad you are, Cockle. Yeah. Dig more, dig more, keep watching it, it's great. And then and then uh, watch watch some of the 80s ones, not because it's great per se, but mostly because you'll be like, oh my God, is that Bruce Willis? <laughs> Wait a minute, is that Morgan Freeman? Have you had oh my god, is that is that Glenn Close? What is going on here? Have you had a chance to watch any of the Jordan Peele ones? No, I haven't. Well, uh, I was given a pirated link at one point for the first episode, but I was like, I just, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna save it. It's only ten episodes, so I'm gonna save it for when I have the chance to legally, um, legally bathe obtain in it properly. It. Yeah, and then and then just binge. But I, I have, oh, oh dear, I accidentally ruined it for myself. I read the plot of the last episode, like not all the way through, but the setup. And I wish I hadn't, because the last one is very meta. Okay. Um, and I think that would have been more fun to sort of. Uh, there's more to it than what I've just said, but like the, the you know, I think it would have been more fun to see it unfold. Um, but it did whet my appetite. So. Oh, I love a wetted appetite. <clears throat> um, I lo- I love a Jordan Peele. Hey. Um. Oh, monkey paw. This next one comes in from Lewis. Hey, Lewis. Uh, Lewis says. Greetings. Oh my God! Is is Lewis James Earl Jones? <laughs> He's as James Earl Jones as I can get, so I'm not. I'm going to back off from that. Uh, listening. What? <laughs> no. Uh, I for, I forgot where the what comes from until um I've been I've been watching Movie Bob's really that good episode on Star Wars. Oh yeah, I've not watched it, that yet. It's, it's 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 up on YouTube. He put it up like a week ago, and then copyright bots and all this that and the other. But it's back up now. And I forgot that the what comes in as the Millennium Falcon starts shooting at the trench run. Yeah. The only reason I'd forgotten is because I associate it so much with the Peter Serafinowicz show. Because uh-huh. whenever, whenever they do a Darth Vader skit, he always goes, what? <laughs> it's just the most odd line reading in the world. And I forgot that it was, uh, it is a thing he has said in a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an official Vader soundbite. It's probably a talky Vader toy that says it. Um, what? What? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Lewis says, listening to episode 180 was really fascinating. I've been listening since episode one, so it was interesting to hear how your opinions have changed and evolved over the last Ooh, three years. It's, yeah, it's been a while. It's really cool that you both can admit when you may have been wrong or misjudged something. A lot of people can't do that or don't do that. Hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. I do agree about... Ghostbusters 2016. I still fall on the side of liking it, but I don't want to revisit it anytime soon. I had an unbelievably good experience in the cinema and left really happy and entertained, but I'm aware that it ain't that good, so I don't want to have that experience tainted for me. <laughs> it's interesting that, vil- that the film has basically been forgotten only three years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Except end- for essayists online who are using it as an excuse to 
have a go at people excited for the new one or vice versa. Oh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, It's weird, isn't it? (laughs) We'll get into that. At the end of the day, opinions are opinions and no opinion is wrong. It was super nice to hear you two talk about changing your mind. So cheers for that, lads. You both continue to be some of the most genuine content creators out there. Well, thank you. We do try. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. It it is an odd position to be in when you, when you publish content about your opinions, because if your opinion does change and evolve over time, you sort of put under a microscope in a way that you wouldn't be otherwise, where people go, hang on. I thought you liked that. Why have you changed your mind? I, I invested time in a video that you made about the thing. Um, which is kind of the reason why we made Big Damn Love, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because we're sick of the negative stuff, but also, like, this way we get to be like, no, here, here's stuff that we have over, like, the last 20 plus years of our of our cognitive cycles decided that, no, we love this, and here's, here's the thing. Um, but it was still, it was nice, wasn't it? It was nice to sort of go, right, okay, actually. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Definitely. Since, since back in the day, folks. Well, um, further, <clears throat> further to that, Lewis also goes on to say... Are the subjects of Batman and Robin? <laughs> I totally agree with Chris there. Time has been hey. exceptionally kind to that film. I'm not going to leap to its defense, but I think it seems to be fairly self-aware and comfortable in its own skin. I'd argue yeah. the visual oh, effects, yeah. production design, score, and at points of cinematography are all fantastic, and I give it major points for having a sense of individuality to it. The Schumacher films are so theatrical... Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Very tired. Um, uh, so theatrical with Batman crashing through ceilings, perfectly posed like an action figure, and huge Greek gods around the Gotham skyline. They feel like Schumacher films, and that sense of pure individuality and theatricality is something you don't see too often in today's sea of comic book movies. At the end of the day, Batman and Robin is what it is. I do think it's worth another look. It's hardly worth getting outraged about anymore. We're so far removed from it, and the superhero genre has long since recovered from its effects. I think now we can just look back on it as a relic of a different time. Something like it just wouldn't get made today. As I said, I'm not going to pretend that it's a masterpiece or even a good film, but I think at this point in time, it's harmless fun, and I genuinely can find a lot to really like in it. Anyway, that's me done. Tatty bye. (laughs) <laughs> thanks lewis thanks lewis you know i i'm i'm so i'm so glad it's it's not just me who thinks that it's 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 awful but it's the fun kind of awful and it, it's basic I, I had to think about it since we recorded the episode it's basically the greatest toy commercial ever made yeah in in terms of like yeah. scale like it's it's upsetting that it is basically just a toy commercial but as far as toy commercials go holy crap that is a well-made toy commercial but what toys <laughs> hey what great toys she, hey she's a lover not a fighter that's why every uh, poison ivy action figure comes complete with him there was never a bane two-pack so you know what you know what's really really rubbish <laughs> what the batgirl action figure they did for that oh what was that one pants. like because it was based on a on an old design <laughs> that they didn't oh. use so <laughs> it didn't really match the Batgirl in the film. Also, oh you know, sexism. Um, <laughs> I I only had, I, in hindsight, I only had one figure from that film's set. I only I had, had one. I, I had, only had the, uh, I had Mr. Freeze. Oh, yeah. I had, um, I had uh, Robin and his cycle. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is cool, because even as a kid, I was like, this is Nightwing. Yeah. Because it was only when I got the toy in hand, was I like, this is, this is, He's Nightwing now. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, found that weird. In the film called Batman and Robin, he's basically dressed as as his, his next nom de plume. Pretty much. I mean, because, you know, Robin was not cool. And Nightwing was cool. And this is, I think but, this was before Dan DiDio was editor-in-chief at DC <laughs> and hated Nightwing. Um, yeah, but the, but those uh, parents weren't going to go and see the film with the kids if Robin wasn't in the title, so. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, Batman and Nightwing doesn't have the same ring to it. It was weird, because as, as big a toy commercial as Batman and Robin was, I didn't really, I had, I didn't really have any Batman and Robin figures, but I had a lot of the Batman Forever figures. Yeah. Like I had the quick yeah. change Batman, the quick change Robin, with the Robin where you just rub water on his face and his mask appears. Um, oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I had the Riddler, I had Two-Face. I had a bunch of different Batman because there was like oh, Blast Cape yeah, Batman had... and Sonar Batman and other yeah, Batman. I, I forgot. I had the Batmobile from Batman and Robin, but it didn't come with a figure. No. So so Robin drove my Batmobile quite a lot. I had the Batman and I had the Batman Forever Batmobile. And that didn't come with a figure, so my quick change Batman drove it a lot. Because some <laughs> of the other Batman figures didn't fit in it because of their various gimmicks. Yeah. So you had to have a ba- giant bloody wings. You had to have a Batman with the right gimmick to fit in the Batman <laughs> in the Batman Forever Batmobile. Um I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's why the Batman with the correct gimmick will only fit into this vehicle playset. Yeah. And, al- and also, dun, it, dun, 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 the batteries in it didn't last very long. So even though it did have the the light up undercarriage and uh, yeah. and all that good stuff, it was just like, oh, it's lost for five minutes and now I can't do anything with it. I'm going to go and play with my spawn figures instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I want the violator. Oh, my God. That's it. We're taking him to church. Oh, boy, did I have the violator. Um, <laughs> he was like, he was a stretchy. He was like a bendy one. Didn't they rename him for the toy line? And no, it was the, the violator clown or something. They did the clown figure and they did a violator, and the the violator was like a wire armature with the stretchy plastic round it, like the rubbery yeah. plastic round it, so you could yeah. pose it. <laughs> I remember that. And then it looked like a it looked like a gremlin puppet that had been boiled. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and the horn on the top of his head moved his jaw. Um, and then they had a clown figure, and the clown figure was basically a statue. With arms that could move up and down, like a hot, it was like a hollow plastic statue. Yeah, arms, oh god, I arms remember that one. Yeah. Down. And then it had the, the the Power Rangers style action gimmick, where you could flip the head, head. Flip. Yeah. yeah, from being clown to being a proto violator head, as if he's like about to start morphing. Yeah. Oh, they were <laughs> shit, weren't they? Um, they anyway. marketed Spawn to children. I still find that weird. I think I might still have some of them lying around somewhere. I don't know if I got rid of Spawn figures or if I still got them lying around. <clears throat> I think I got rid of mine. I got mine as hand-me-downs. I think I got rid of them. Because as I got older and started making more space, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep my Marvel stuff. I've still got a bunch of stuff, but I can't remember what I have and I haven't got. I need to dig it out because I need to get the rest of it on eBay and get rid of it. Um, get rid of your Violator. But I <laughs> Wait, think I had on. all of the Wave 1 Spawn figures, including the incredibly dense and thick Overt Kill. Like, <gasps> all of Yes. The- all of yeah, the... he has like three points of articulation and is covered in chains. Yeah, and it's just enormous, which is weird <laughs> because like so many of the the rest of the figures in that wave just feel very flimsy and lightweight. Because I think all the hollow space they left in the sculpts from <laughs> all that plastic the rest went of the wave, overkill. all that plastic went into overkill because he's so heavy. 
Yeah, because didn't they? They did. They did like a uh, McFarlane did like one of those revised waves years later, didn't they? Where they did them in like extra detail and yeah. Well, I mean, they were just sets. constantly re- reissuing yeah. new versions uh, of the same character. Uh, the over, the overt kill would would was heavy enough that you could like kill a pet if you dropped it on them. I mean, it the original like... one you could kill a man with if you hit him hard enough. <laughs> like it is if a you... plastic bludgeon, essentially. Some would call that overt kill. Ha 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 ha. Uh, it's depressing so that they came up with that character on that Stan Lee show where they were just sketching something off the top of their head and it's basically overt kill, but they call it overkill. And Stan Lee ripping the piss <clears throat> out of him the whole time. Um, <laughs> You're not very good at drawing feet, are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> this next one comes in from Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan with your shiny, shiny knees. He's well, he says, greetings, boys. I was touched to hear your concern for my niece. <laughs> and rightfully so as they're an important part of my anatomy my knees are sadly as old and dusty however as I have the lower legs and feet of a platypus to cut in them nicely um, also Chris you, you use my nickname that I've had since I was about seven dopey uh, I would gladly take up that offer of a drink though if I'm ever in the north um, hey. and as it's nearly Christmas and I'm not sure if you focused solely on this before how would you both rank the Doctor Who Christmas specials? Look forward to your reluctant answers. A most merry and primbose <laughs> to both of you in case I don't email again until the new year. Thank you, Dan. Right, Christmas specials. Well, um, my favourite Christmas special is the 2019 uh, Christmas special of Doctor... Oh. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, yeah, well. We're getting the well, new the 20- series on the- New Year's Day, though. That's true. And then we're getting part two of the first story four days later. So that's kind of impressive. That's pretty cool. Um, although have you seen Lenny Henry's been absolutely buggering up the uh, the press tour? How so? Uh, oh God! So um, he was asked like you know oh you know the first few the series with the first female doctor like what do you think blah blah, blah. And he's basically said like uh, they have to like forced force it to get black people into Doctor Who, he's, and and he outs Russell. He says like Russell T Davis like barely like I don't know you would never have got a black doctor under Russell T Davis and all this that and the other and you're like where's it wait Lenny what the hell. What the, you're meant to be selling the series. And also, um, Russell introduced the first person of colour companion. Like, what is this? Like, what's happening? I don't know. Moffat has gone on record as saying, before Matt Smith was auditioned, the role of the 11th Doctor was offered to an actor who is black, and they turned it down. So it's not like the show wasn't actively trying to be more representative over the years. It's just a really weird thing for him to do, considering he's just meant to be getting out there and saying, yeah, no, it was great, and Jodie's a lot of fun, and we had a really good time on the series. It's like, Lenny, what are you doing? What are you doing, what Len? What is this? Um, <clears throat> like, there are there are absolutely injustices within casting in television and theatre throughout the industry, but Doctor Who is one of those areas where that's not really a thing. Hey, I don't compared know. Compared to other places. Compared to other things. I mean, look at the look at the main cast right now. First female Doctor. It's taken us too long to get there. You know? Um, Mandip Gill and Tozin Cole uh, comprise fifty percent of our core cast, yep. and they are not white actors. You know, what I mean, it's, it's it's it seems weird to pick on Doctor Who whilst you're meant to be advertising the story you're in. Yeah, it's weird. It's really I don't strange. know. It, whatever. It's, it's 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 almost it's almost as big a shit show as the Star Wars press tour has been. Oh so God, we'll get into that. Um, oh God. Yeah, that's been that's been fun. Um. <laughs> but first, let's have a look at the recent trailers that uh, Grace oh, oh, Tower I eyes and ears. Oh, uh, real, real quick, real quick. What's oh. your favorite Christmas special? Oh yeah, no, we did. We actually started talking about that and didn't actually. Did yeah. we? 
Um, I got distracted by Lenny Henry being a weirdo. We're supposed um, to rank them. We're supposed to rank them. So I'm going to uh, go. I can't rank them all. I can barely remember half of them. Um, in that I'll case, you, I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what I think my, my best few are. What's well, off that? Top of my head, the ones what's I think that? are most enjoyable. Uh, Christmas Invasion. Well, Christmas Invasion the, is still the best one. Like, yeah, hands down. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the Snowmen is a lot of fun. The snowmen's all right. Um, uh, includes the best version of Clara. Um, yeah, I wish and... they'd. Do, I wish they'd gone forward with that version of Clara. Yeah, same, samesies, and um, uh, I quite like a Christmas Carol. Um, I think it's the cinematography. I, I see, think I, it's the score. I just um, found a Christmas Carol really obnoxious. Fair enough, but you do hate joy. I do hate joy. <laughs> That's true. You, you notoriously hate joy. Which is ironic because I quite like Christmas, but I hate the joy it brings. Actually, do you know which one might be? If I had to just whack one on and watch it, do you know what, which one my favourite might be? What's that one? Voyage of the Damned. Oh yeah, that is quite it's, good, isn't it? It's it's goofball as hell, and it's so bleak. Is it the Batman and Robin of Christmas specials? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yes. There's a lot of misfires in it. It it's it's a little too daft. Um, the angel ascending <sighs> with the Doctor moment is ridiculous. So I love it. But but it gave birth to Astrid, who's one of those companions who you meet them and you go, actually, can she stick around? Can can we? Oh no. Oh, no. She oh can. I guess not. Um, it gave us the first appearance, even though he wasn't named as such yet, as of Wilf. Yes. Which is a nice treat. Because I, I remember watching that on Christmas Day and being like, oh my god, it's Bernard Cribbins! Because even I as a kid recognised him. And I was like, oh my god, it's Bernard Cribbins! So early Wilf. Um, what, a, what a nice nod to uh, to Dalek Invasion 2150 AD. Um, oh, I watched and, the shit out of that. I had a version of that taped off ITV and I watched the shit out of it as a kid. <laughs> It's got Duke from Tracy Beaker in it, and there is never enough Duke in television, as far as I'm concerned. Whatever you say. Um, <laughs> it's true, no, he was great. He was, he was a ledge. Um, he's the husband of the couple that won the competition, uh, which yeah. made his death even more horrific, because he was still in the public consciousness to kids as Duke at that point. So for him to fall to a fiery death was kind of like, oh my God, that's that's a bold move, guys. Oh no! Um, <laughs> the 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 dick member of the of our Poseidon adventure crew survives. Yeah. The uh, the the smarmy the smarmy rich guy. It's like that's. I mean, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Okay. Bold move. Bold move. Um, it nods to robots of death because the the angels are absolutely a nod to the Vok robots oh, in terms of their style. You know, I love a Vok robot. Um, as weird as the effect turns out to be, and it just being kind of oddball, I can't help but enjoy. My name is Max. Ding! Like, yeah, that I think is all that is so weird. Wonderfully dapped. Mister Copper is a very charming character, and, and gave us one of the most bizarre interviews in all of science yeah, fiction that, coverage. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Um, and also, it gave us a, as as much posturing as the Tenth Doctor does, and as much as we can kind of mock it in retrospect. It gave us the. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm 903 years old, and all that stuff. Yeah, which is a great moment in the episode. It's such a badass sort of like, oh, go on then. Um, it's Christmas. We'll let you have a boast. Yeah, Voyage of the Damned. Voyage of the Damned by Jiminy. Voyage of the Damned. Voyage of the Damnoye. Yes. Vojidi. Vodge. Vodge. Vodidi. Milosidi voyage. What's the worst Christmas special? Oh, uh, either. Ah, uh, uh, oh, now you've said it. I was going to say, oh, well, it's obviously um, Last Christmas, but I don't hate Last Christmas. It's not good, 
don't hate it. I don't it. hate it's it. It's kind of boring. And it absolutely Doctor... chickens out of its ending as well. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because she changed her mind. That's why. She was going to leave the show and then she changed her mind during the production. Um, Doctor the Widow and the Wardrobe is definitely a low point. Oh, it's so dull. Um, and, but I think, now you've said it, I think twice upon a time. Yeah. No, no, because Doctor Mysterio is pretty awful as well. Yeah, well Doctor Myst—I um, don't know. I don't hate Doctor Mysterio. It—it's not kitsch enough. It doesn't. It doesn't buy into its kitsch. Uh, yeah, I Weird. guess. But it's not like it's not like Twice Upon a Time where it's like carrying out character assassinations. Yes, on, yeah. <laughs> on past incarnations. Yeah, because I mean, and also, it's it doesn't mm, <laughs> Twice Upon a Time. Literally nothing. Yeah, happens. I was. Oh, oh, there's no, there's no body. <laughs> oh, never mind. Well, we messed around with the Dalek. Literally nothing happened. Try to put a time as one good moment, which is the. Oh, we're actually here during the the um the armistice. Okay, that's yeah. kind of cool. But then it's ruined by like. Well, let's not focus on that. Like the real human joy and drama. Let's focus on the twelfth Doctor's many, many, many friends coming back to say goodbye to what? Oh, just three of them. All right. Okay. Um, oh God! What a pointless exercise that one is. Oh yeah, my God! I mean, even even um, even the wedding of River Song, uh, the the husbands of River Song, I don't mind. It's like it's it's not one I'm going to visit on its own. It's definitely a box set story. Very poor use of Greg Wallace, though. Oh, Greg, da- Greg, Greg Wallace, Davis. Um, I mean, Davis. I mean, if they want to put Greg Wallace, Greg Wallace is a master chef. Guy, if they want to put Greg Wallace Greg in a future one, I'd love that. That'd be amazing. That'd be quite good, actually. That would be. Quite oh no! Good. It's um, it's 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 a buttery biscuit base under siege story. Oh, oh I'd love to get my. Yeah, great. I think that's the thing about the Christmas specials is that a lot of them have been really crap at using their guest stars. Yeah, there are ones that excel, like Next Doctor and, and Runaway Bride, that that know what they're yeah. doing, uh, and then there are others that but just like, miss the mark. Fucking, yeah, Doctor Widow mm. and the Wardrobe, wasting <clears throat> Bill Bailey. Yeah, oh, God. Um, fucking Last Christmas with Nick Frost. Yes, oh, God. And uh, Husband's River Song with Greg Davis, just, like, fucking utter waste. I love how we never we never quite count the end of time part one, even though it is a Christmas special, but it's because it, it, it just sort of feels like it happens at Christmas. It's like yeah. Batman Returns. It just kind of happens at Christmas. <laughs> oh, listen. I still have Batman Returns as one of my favourite Christmas films. That's because your one condition for a Christmas film is that a supermodel has to be dropped into a tree from a great height. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I need for a Christmas film. <laughs> that and Danny DeVito has to be wearing a dirty onesie. Oh, Danny DeVito is normal. Um, that... Right, let's soundtrack. talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife, or are we going to be here Do we have to day? talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife? I want to sing the music of Batman Returns instead. No! Okay, so Ghostbusters Aftermath by Chuck Wendig is a um, oh, series no. of novels oh, oh. that are... No! Um, no! No! <laughs> Stop it! Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stay on for topic. Those who, <laughs> stay on topic. For those who are <laughs> squadron leader, for those who were listening last week, you probably realised, uh, due to... Very, very subtle hints that we made during the episode that it was a pre-recorded episode, um, yeah, which baby. meant that last week we made the decision. You know, we're going to take take that week and, and have a, and have a breather and, and and you know focus on on Christmas and and the kids and the show and X Y Z. Well, you had a, yeah, you had a shit ton of shows. <laughs> yeah, but 
as we made that decision, in the 24 hours afterwards, two big ass trailers dropped that for our show, for our show, it's like, God damn it. Um, so uh, be still your beating hearts, my dears. We're going to talk about them now. Ghostbusters Afterlife is a 2020 movie directed by Jason Reitman. Um, that is the canonical sequel to the original Ghostbusters series. And like a lot of uh, 20, 30 something year later sequels, it seems to be mostly acknowledging itself as a follow up to the first but um, there's been no word on on any any bullshit along the lines of oh the second one never happened. It just seems to be you know we're using your nostalgia of the cult classic family favorite to um, grab you for this one. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but from the trailer, the new information we've been able to garner is uh, well spoilers for a trailer, folks. If you haven't seen it, go watch. If you haven't seen it, go watch it now. It's like two minutes long. Go watch it. Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're going to start talking in three, two, one sheet. Um, turns out that our protagonists, Carrie Coon and her family, her two kids, are uh, moving out to their grandfather. So, so her Carrie Coon's father, presumably, to uh, his farm, a farm that he owned, uh, which has the farmhouse and the barn full of rackety old shit. As we see from the trailer, there is a hidden floor beneath the barn, um, which contains spores, molds, and fungus, as well as a bunch of other equipment. And a um oh, I mean, I'm so I'm kind of happy that he gets to be a big part of the story, despite no longer being with us. Turns out that uh, the little girl's grandfather is uh, based on the trailer, Egon Spengler, um, and. Which opens up so many questions, because we knew that the story was going to be focused more on this family, these two kids, uh, their their single mom, and uh, their teacher, played by Paul Rudd. Um, yeah. What we didn't know really was that uh, it was going to be a legacy story in a direct sense. Um, which makes <clears> sense <throat> with it being the Jason Reitman project. Yeah, of course, son of Ivan, director of the original two. Um, and Evolution, which is basically Ghostbusters 3, let's face it. Yeah, I like Evolution. <laughs> it's not good, but I like it. <laughs> what is it? The um I think I think we found that cacao, cacao, and took it, took it, don't tookie. work. Don't work. <laughs> oh, small side note, Orlando Jones. Yes, I know. I mean, I've already not watched American Gods series right. two, but I'm definitely not watching series three after that decision. Jesus Christ. Well it's it's on the third season's not started production yet, and it's already on its fourth show yeah. across three Mental seasons. Line and and the most and the, the most current one has fired Orlando Jones because quote he doesn't believe that his character is what message they should be putting out to Black America. Ah uh, yes, crusty white, crusty white dude who's a mediocre writer and producer tells black people what they should be, what did they should. What and they the thing is, cool. he's, he's picked, he's Good picked luck. the wrong black guy to try and, like, pass that off as an oh, excuse. Man. Orlando Jones yeah. is so much for, like, you know, a, a pushing for black issues, black representation. Like, oh, my God, he's picked the wrong guy, which is why he's going to be as candid as possible. You know he's waited till now because he's like, right, I've got enough of a leeway now and I'm going to start outing him and talking about this. Because apparently the decision yeah. was the decision was made back in March. Orlando Jones wasn't privy to it. And then in September he was given his marching orders. Oh my god, disgusting, disgusting. But the thing is, uh, uh, what's it, Anansi? You know, he's he's he was one of the most compelling characters to show up in series one. Also, man, also, like Orlando Jones, 
helped them get through season two by writing a bunch of his own stuff to the degree where he had to be credited by the Writers Guild of America. Yeah, he got production credit by the end as well on some of the episodes. So it's like, you know, like this guy's a central part of it. And it seems that the decision is completely out of the hands of the creatives behind the show. It's the person who's running the show is the reason it's happened. So even Neil Gaiman's now put a message out on Twitter being like, yeah, just for people who know this decision is not something I can change. It sucks. Orlando's amazing. And it's just like, oh my god, this shit show. But hey, it's 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 what we call some bullshit. It's kind of made me realise that I don't need to watch series two now because I'm happy oh. having just watched series one and got what I can get out of that. It ends on a bit of uh, a cliffhanger. I can live with it, just like Ghostbusters two ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It ends quite easily. Of just like, oh, they're back, and isn't this lovely? Saving the day. Um, because Ghostbusters Afterlife, it seems it seems that we're going to be getting a story in in a little midwestern town where some ghost shit's going on. Uh, if you scroll through that trailer looking for weird little details, aside from spores, mold, and fungus, you will notice that the mines that the kids are hanging out around uh, are the Shandor mines. Yes. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm I am both <clears throat> happy and disappointed in that. Because Ivo Shandor is the, uh, the the figure in the past who um, worshipped and tried to bring about the coming of Gozer and Ivo Shandor. Are you overthinking it again, no, Chris? I, but I'll tell you what, Ivo Shandor has, has been mentioned a lot. He's mentioned a lot in the first film uh, as just part of Ray's and, and Egon's gobbledygook. The stuff that makes that first film so believably like, okay, sure. like And because of Venkman and... and and Winston, we're not necessarily like with them, but we're like, okay, right, you guys know what you're talking about. And then they get to the basics, you know, Twinkie analogy and everything. But Shandor's part of the the uh, the oh, Goza myth. Um, they followed up on Ivo Shandor's story in Ghostbusters the video game, uh, which, yes. which is which is effectively <clears throat> Ghostbusters three. If Ghostbusters Afterlife is its own thing, following on from those, if you want the third one, it's Ghostbusters the video game. Uh, Which has recently been re-released on uh, PS4 gen yeah. consoles with with a nice shiny graphical upgrade, but some slightly clunky control reassignments. Apparently, um, oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, but um, so Ivo, Ivo Shandor's his story has been followed up on, and the reason for that is in Ghostbusters the video game, they wanted to give you an excuse to go back and encounter characters and creatures and stuff from the, the two movies. So how do you do that? Well, you make a story that ties into the first film. And then that way, you get brand new creatures, brand new ghosts, but you can also go back to the Cedric Hotel. You can face off against the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Because the start of that video game, minor spoiler alert, Goza briefly re-emerges in, in the first like chapter. Uh, you take on the Stay Puft, you kill it, and then they're like, right, why the hell did that happen? Like, it should be gone. And they start yeah. to read into it, and you realise that Ivo Shandor has <clears throat> re-emerged, and the spirit realm is starting to bleed into <clears throat> our world, and... And, and the, you know, Goza wasn't, like, the big bad of this story. Goza was literally just like, oh, 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 I'm back. Oh, right. Ah! And then ah! they killed it. Um, so if they're going to be recycling a lot of the first film, easy nostalgia hook. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I don't just want this film to be, hey, remember Ghostbusters? Here's all yeah, the things that's from the thing, Ghostbusters. That's the thing that concerns me about it. That's why I'm not, like, overjoyed with it. I'm just like... Ah. I, I hope it's more than what they're showing me in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, there's an obvious baiting shot that suggests that one of the terror dogs is in the trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm like, Because okay. it, it's the sound effect and a, and a thunk on the card thing and you see an arm and it's like, oh. And it looks like a practical effect at least, so that's nice, but... 
Yeah. They're still sort of like, I don't want the Terror Dogs back. Because we've done the Terror Dogs. <clears throat> we've done Shandor. We've done Goza. You know, let's, let's, let's have something new. But then again, if they're tying it into Egon, maybe Egon, after it all failed or after he left or whatever happened that led him to buying a farm out in the middle of nowhere. Um, um, <laughs> everybody has three mortgages these days. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he, he was trying to follow up on research and stuff. Like maybe that's what it is. And if so, it would make sense. Yeah. If so, sure. But if that's the case, make this the last Ghostbusters film <laughs> so that it acts <laughs> as a bookend instead. Which you know they won't if it's successful. Oh no, of course they won't. Of course they flipping won't. And 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 it'll be the start of a new trilogy. I hope not. Spin-offs. I really hope not. I I hope. I just hope. It this always is it. fucking is though, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, but I'd rather not. I mean, maybe one day we'll get what Dan Aykroyd originally wrote and have that film about it being a business that loads of people do, and it's in space, and everybody's a ghost. But Ghostbusters are pest control and are common, and also we live on the moon now. Um, I love it. But, you know, whatever's Trev's. Yeah, I'd like um, that. I'd like that. The trailer makes a smart decision in not showing us any returning cast members. I think that is a big, good shout. But what they do use is an alternate angle uh, from behind the scenes of the original first one as, like, YouTube footage. So you see video footage of yeah, them approaching. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, the, it's, a, the, it's a shot not mm. in the film, um, which is clever. So many times in films when they use an archive thing or a photo of a character in a frame, it's obviously a press shot or footage from the previous entry in a way where you're like, hang on, that's... uh, And when you know how films are made and you take a look at that, you go, oh, that's distracting. Um, Whereas in this case, it's like, no, that's good. I haven't seen that before. Good work. Nice. Well done, team. It's probably an alternate take where the crowd are yelling ghost breakers. When they had to get the alternate takes of everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's that one. But it, it, that was nice. And I like the fact that, again, all the, all they use to tickle the nostalgia bone, they don't do a slow piano version of the theme. They don't even use the theme. All they use to tickle the nostalgia bone is that that growl from a terror dog, the little piano, which is just the note that Peter plays on the piano in Dana's apartment. Yeah. So that was nice and subtle. And then, um, and then the use of the Venkman audio, call it fate, call it luck, call it karma, over the uh, the end of the trailer, um, which seems to be oh, the t- uh, and and the ghost trap and the Spengler. Oh no, yeah, yeah, uh, obviously physical items, but I mean they were they were they weren't they weren't they weren't Disney theme parking it and pumping smells the in and and all enormous this stuff. shots of Ecto One. No, right, no, no, field, no, okay, and it's got the gunner scene. Right, no, no. <laughs> That's, that's, in, that's inherent nostalgia that is born out of the fact you're seeing things from your childhood. But what I mean... Yeah, but that's what it's that's what it's using to tickle the nostalgia. Oh, bones. true, it's, true. It's more than just the three things you mentioned. Like, it oh, is true. end-to-end nostalgia bone tickle. No, absolutely, I absolutely agree. But I mean, they, they, didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't drown you by, like, going... Listen to this and look at this and, and here's a shot that know, man, here's I a shot that re- here's a shot that recreates that and here's a shot that recreates this. Um, so you 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 getting you getting bad juju vibes from this one? Uh, not necessarily bad. Juju, I just it's just so naked. Matt Watson, a lifelong the, Ghostbusters fan, reluctantly reviews the Ghostbusters Afterlife. Reluctantly trailer. reviews the Ghostbusters Afterlife. Trailer. <laughs> it just, it, it's just so naked what they're doing. Yeah, and whether that is whether that's what the movie's gonna do or if that's just. Sony marketing 
Because you know Sony are notoriously bad at marketing things. Oh, yeah. God, the terrible. Um, the terrible. Well, I mean, look I, at the James Bond trailer the week before. Like, the last 20 seconds is a great trailer. The prior minute and a half is, like, the whole plot of the film. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get too excited because then I also don't, hmm. Part of me doesn't want this to do do well because I don't want all the people who hated Ghostbusters 2016 because it had women in it to turn around and then go, look, this one's good because it's not all women. I don't want this to vindicate them. So I kind of don't want this to be good for the same reason that I wanted Ghostbusters 2016 to be better than it ended up turning out. Make Carrie Coon's character the one who deals the killing blow to whatever the main threat is and then no one can say shit. Anybody who hated the hated the 2016 one because WOMS will be like, yeah, this is badass. It's like, cool. Did you like the, the bit at the end where the single mother saved the day? They'll be like, I, yeah, yeah, right, cool. So you have no problem with female protagonists then? I, well, just in the last one. No, 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 no. Make your mind up, you sexist twat. Um, do you know how you do that? You do a post credit scene or whatever. You, you do one where you imply that across dimensions, Holtzman has been involved in some way. And you go, fuck you. They're all part of the same thing now, motherfucker. Enjoy. Well, they've done that in the IDW comics. They have, haven't they? Yeah. Because yeah. they did. They originally did one with the real Ghostbusters, didn't they? Where like, the Ghostbusters tied in with the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. And and then since the... Cause, <laughs> yeah, because the only one that's been written out of continuity is Extreme Ghostbusters. That happens in the real Ghostbusters continuity. Here we go, Jesus Christ. But, um, but they've introduced characters from Extreme Ghostbusters into the Ghostbusters comic based on the films yes, um, in different contexts. So it's like, sure, there's the cartoons, but in the film continuity, here's when Kylie joins the story. She works at Ray's bookshop as an assistant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. That's kind of cool. Bringing in fan favorite characters. I don't know if we've had Eduardo or whatever yet, but you know, it's still kind of cool that they've done that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about that. They, they, they've tied in Ghostbusters 2016 um, into it all. So basically, if you guys really love Ghostbusters as much as you say, but hate Ghostbusters 2016 in a fiery biblical kind of way, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> For our thoughts on Ghostbusters 2016, listen to episode yeah. four of this podcast and three, three of this podcast. Uh, and also episode 180. <laughs> yeah. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. Um, but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. The the internet kind of ruins. Mm. If, if, you didn't, if you didn't have Twitter, Reddit, everything at your fingertips, do you think you'd be a little bit more excited about it as a result? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Because fan vitriol can affect... Uh, uh, enjoyment, enjoyment, and and uh, an expectation for a film, as yeah. we will discuss again a that little later truth, on. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm I'm keen. I like the premise. I like the fact that they don't really give us any comedy in the trailer. There's some little fun moments, like Finn Wolfhard. Hey, remember that summer when we all died under a table? Like there's yeah, it has a gunner seat. Like there's nice there's nice little moments in it that are quite sweet and funny. But um, yeah. But I, I, I'm thinking of this more as a teaser trailer. It's a, hey, here's our basic premise. We'll see you next year with another trailer. And I'm like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I just, I just don't <laughs> want it to be all, here's that thing you remember. I just, I don't think I can. Yeah. I don't think I want to go in for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, I, I think 
best case scenario, we get a Force Awakens. We get a uh, we get a soft reboot that holds your hand a little bit, um, treads familiar ground, but ultimately is 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 a nice simple story mm. that you come out of going, yeah, I feel pretty good. I had a good time. Like that, I think that's the yeah. best case scenario. Yeah. Um, and I think both the Reitmans being involved because Ivan, I think Ivan's an exec producer on it. That sounds right, and, yeah. and Dan Aykroyd will definitely be involved in it in, in in the DNA of it in some way. So like, um, like it, you know, I I think I think I as a forgetting nostalgia as just films, I very much enjoy Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, and the fact that we're going to get a bit more of that story is not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I just, I just hope that it's, it's nice and simple and lovely. So, yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife, y'all, plug it, y'all. In, plug it into my veins and massage my temples as I drift off into sweet death. But, <laughs> but maybe I should stick around till later in the summer next year because another motion picture will be unleashed. Uh, another motion picture. Oh man, right. So d- delayed as well. Been, been quite delayed, but yeah, we've it, got a trailer it, it was due out now originally. The film, yeah, this month, which which begs, which you know, it, it kind of makes me wonder how how finished is it? <clears throat> well, Paddy Jenkins did the rounds early on um, after the release date was changed to let people know the reason they were changing it is because Warner Brothers felt that it was more a summer film, but she didn't want to bring it forward to August 2019 because it needed the time yeah. it needed because originally it was a November release. So she was like, no, if you're going to do that, we're releasing it summer next year. Um, now that's all well and good and if that is true and that's her intent then that's pretty cool she cares about her film the studio give her a mandate she says cool but next summer I'm not rushing it um, if that's the case great I'm not calling Patty Jenkins a liar she she's a human being she'll of course lie in her life but uh, I'm not calling You're her a liar calling everyone a liar but it may be I'm calling everybody a liar I'm calling you all out fam but oh my god that, that may be a bit of a uh, nice PR spin to suggest that there's been some production troubles or that there's been some budget concerns or what have you. Um, all I know is we, we now have our first look at Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. And hot damn, please plug this one directly into my veins. Yes. I think this looks absolutely fucking astounding. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks so cool. Wonder Woman was shit in Batman v Superman and then Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot teamed up and that director-actor combo worked so much better and created one of the most endearing, um, pleasantly like innocent and badass protagonists in a superhero film in the last 10 years. And to see more from these two, yes please, sign me up, sailor. Um, but weirdly, the shots of Diana being an absolute badass weren't the things that won me over in this trailer. There's some great moments. There's a bit where she it sort of slows down and she um, deflects a bullet and you see it going slowly. You see it happen slowly in slow-mo yes. and that's really yeah, cool. The unloading the gun essentially. Yeah. There's a bit toward the end, uh, toward the middle of the trailer where she uses her tiara um, Linda Carter style. Like she yeah. lobs a tiara as like a frisbee and like knocks things around. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Like there's some great Wonder Woman stuff. Uh, it looks like we're getting a version of flight in this as well. Um, well, yeah, you've got the golden eagle armor, aren't you? Yeah, and, and also uh, swinging with her whip off of lightning. That is, 
Yeah. That is a panel van <laughs> image if there ever was one. Like, I thought we were watching Thor Ragnarok at that moment in the trailer. I was like, oh my God, this is weird. I love it. Uh, and in a deliberate choice as well, no sword. Yes. Yeah. Nil, Not doing the sword this time around. Nil pointy pointy. Um, but that would make sense because Diana is a lot more, she, she's more of a, um, she's more aware of mortality as well in her story too. Yeah. So even within the narrative, it also then, of course, retroactively means Justice League doesn't know what it's fucking doing. But anyway. Um, yeah, which I think, you know. Well, Justice League's fine. Like, Let's you, ignore Justice League you, and BVS. You stayed, they, they suck. you stayed hidden for all those years, except that year know. in 1984 where you got up to shit. <laughs> where, you, where you defeated Maxwell Law. Some detective you are, Bruce. Now he's another thing that's got me excited. It's Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, is his Mandalorian helmet off. With his face out. And because it's set in the 80s, they've gone, right. He's called Ma- oh. he's called Max Lord. He's oh, credited as Max yeah. Lord. Um, for those who don't know Maxwell Lord, what's what's like your what's your bullet point kind of summary of what the hell he, um, what the hell his business is is is, he, is, 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 is Jimmy Riddle. <laughs> he was a business guy dude who was like the government liaison with the Justice League in the seventies and eighties, and then he turned evil and he had mind control powers and he shot Blue Beetle in the face. Huzzah! So basically, he's kind of a big deal. It wouldn't surprise me if they do a bit of Donald Trump with him. A bit of Donald Trump. You watched? The tra- <laughs> Did you watch that trailer? Oh my yeah, god! No, it's it's straight on eighties Donald Trump. I fucking love it. He is. He. Oh my god! The hair, the tie, the tan, yep. and, and that's the thing. Yep. It's 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 it can't be accused of like being all oh it's all political and this and the other. It's like, because they they're specifically parodying eighties Donald Trump. Which, Which, to be fair, isn't that different from today's Donald Trump, just more racist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, it, it, tr- Donald Trump, pre... See, 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 boys and girls, Um, about 10 years ago and prior to that, Donald Trump wasn't thought of as anything politically related. Um, He was just a, a business magnate and hotel owner who was a dick and a bit of a braggart and a personality. And people like man. People either found Without him entertaining. Yeah, people either found him entertaining or didn't give a shit about him. Yeah. But he was famous enough to like uh like Walt Disney, um like uh, Albert Einstein, like he was an archetype in people's heads. If you wanted to create a character if you wanted to create a character who was a warm, cuddly head of head of something, maybe a family friendly figure who was in charge of a company or, or was you know the 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 person who ran the factory or whatever, Walt Disney was a shorthand. Just you perform it like Walt Disney used to be in his, all of his specials. Do it like that. Yeah. Oh, you want a yeah. scientist who's brilliant but a little bit, little bit, a little bit mental, little bit wacky. Um, he's got a fun sense of humor. Great, uh, Einstein. There we go. We model it off of Einstein. There are there are people who within pop culture have been used as shorthand for performances for decades. Um, Trump, for the majority of the eighties and nineties, was the shorthand for blowhard businessman. Um, uh, in some instances, it made people feel uncomfortable to do that and they changed it around see the greatest movie of all time gremlins 2 um <laughs> john uh, john glover plays daniel clamp who originally i mean the name alone he, he works in the clamp building the clamp cable network clamp real estate um <laughs> the building has his name on it and he was written in the script as this sort of you know blowhard arrogant nasty sort of moronic boss of, of a company who loved getting his face out there and during the during the development after they cast John Glover John Glover spoke to Joe Dante and Co was just like can we 
I think there's more comedy here if we make him a bit more of just a a, 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 a misplaced buffoon. Like he's yeah. he's not a bad person. He just doesn't really realize, you know, that his happy image and 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 all this stuff um, does mean that hundreds of thousands of people have to work effortlessly to make it happen. He doesn't seem to realize that that's knackering. And by the end of the film, he kind of sees the error of his ways a little. And is a bit more open. Like he moves his next project becomes creating a small town, like a quiet community, because um, it's it's what he's been missing. And it's great. It's like John Glover looked at the script and went, "We can make him nicer and softer and play with him a bit more." And as a result, Daniel Clamp's one of the most enjoyable characters in Gremlins too. Um, and they should totally, like Red Letter Media said, do a threequel where Daniel Clamp is now president and the film set in the White House. But. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like Trump is Trump is still shorthand, and it, it nowadays it might seem a little risky to do that because of his political standing. Of course, as of the recording of this podcast, he is the forty fifth president of the United States, and um, you know, hand basket hell, finish it yourself. But that one, yeah, yeah. but um, you know, uh, to to use him here is going to piss off a lot of people. To make Max Lord yeah. an allegory for Trump is going to piss off a lot of people. But you know what? Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Because the argument is, hey, it's 80s Donald Trump we're taking the piss out of. If you can see current Trump in this villain performance, then that's on you. Trump sees himself as Thanos, for Christ's sake. So, literally the biggest bad guy. Oh, God. <laughs> the biggest, ah. the biggest, thickest bad boy. <laughs> ah. uh, maybe Trump just wants Paul Rudd to crawl into his ass, but the point is... Well... Um, uh, you know, it, it, I think I think Pedro Pascal looks amazing in in this. He looks proper smarmy. We, I mean, Pedro Pascal always looks amazing. If viewers and listeners are unaware of Cheetah, then I think the trailer's done an excellent job at burying mm. that lead. Mm. The trailer gives you a hint of, oh look, Diana's making friends out in the world, and here's Kristen Wiig. Oh, isn't that great? Oh, do you remember how um, Lucy Davis was in the last one? She was sort of like a, a comedy best mate. Oh, it'll be Kristen Wiig's job this time around. Isn't this fantastic? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, in the third act, she's going to be doing so much, so much damage. Yeah, um, I'm down with that. Because there's, there's like a suggestion in the trailer of her confidence building and her character changing a bit. I, yeah. I, oh, I, I think, I think we've got like some, I think potentially with Kristen Wiig in this, we've got some like Jack Nicholson levels of like, holy shit, I didn't imagine them being like that kind of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack is the Joker. Everyone's like, oh, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Yeah. And then you see it and you go, oh God, no, he's really been like out of the bag. Like, I think we're going to see that with Kristen Wiig in this role. Um, yeah, I reckon so. That armor looks sweet. Um, yes. Chris Pine looks confused. Yes. <laughs> so well, that would seem to suggest that it is original OG Steve Trevor. Yeah, it's it's like an immortality kind of storyline. The idea of 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 uh, using time to prolong life, and it's like, what? What's going on? Um, that's in, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Some people, some people die in planes in World War Two. I like people who didn't die in planes in World War Two. Um, Fucking that's a direct hell. quote from Max Lord in the film there. That's, uh, that's true. <laughs> Max Lord, did you fight in World War II? Bone Spurs. Okay, no, all right, fair enough. No, okay. Um, go, go, go. Wonder Woman 1984, get it in my mouth. Get it in my face. Do you know what we've not had a lot of in our face, weirdly? What's that? Considering what time of year it is and the company that's made it, yeah. the rise of Skywalker has been 
weirdly absent from the popular culture umbrella. It's there, and we all know it's coming, and there have been trailers and TV spots for sure, but compare yeah. compare it to the last two entries in the saga. Hell, compare it to Solo. It feels like the marketing for this film has been really played down compared to the others. Um, I've seen more ad- I've seen more ads for Jumanji three than I have for. I've seen Star Wars. a bunch of like billboards about, and it's on. I think. I don't know. I I don't feel like it's been. I feel like they've not shown as much of it. Oh no, true. As they they, did they, they, with... They've put a couple of clips out recently, and 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 we definitely had less trailer time. This one with this oh, yeah, one. Yeah, I was I was at a friend's on um, <clears throat> pardon me on Saturday night, and his son, who's ten, was freaking out because he was watching the J.J. Abrams and clip reveal event inside Fortnite. Bloody hell. What on earth? <laughs> Is this where we're at now? Fortnite's the market. The, vi- the, ki- the kid was vibrating with excitement. See, that is adorable. That's what that's um, what Star Wars is really about. For anybody who has any problems with it, like, that's ultimately what it's yeah. really about. Remember when you and were then, a kid and you watched it? That's what it's about. It's a kid's film. After, after they showed the clip, they asked all the players what their favourite lightsaber colour was, and they all went to stand in, like, a different area, depending on what colour it was. Yeah. And then they all got to open a box at the end of the event, and it had that, that colour lightsaber in it for them. Oh, that's so cool. So now there's lightsabers in Fortnite. Well done, Fortnite. Colour. Well done, Fortnite. Well done. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's that kind of thing that they're doing. Yeah. And it's working, mm. because that kid is so jazzed. <laughs> So jazzed about Star Wars um, and everything to do with Star Wars. So it, I think it's just that they're not targeting us because when they targeted us, they got a lot of us who have problems with women. Oh God, yeah, being very upset about the Last Jedi. Not that there aren't legitimate criticisms of the Last Jedi. Not that I have any. Yeah. Again, reminder to the listeners: Matt really enjoyed Last Jedi. I didn't enjoy Last Jedi. Guess what? We still get on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and because, but mainly because your concerns about Last Jedi don't just b- b- boil down to it wasn't exactly <laughs> what I wanted and also it has women in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my concern... It's a bit more nuanced than again, that. Again, if you want to hear my concerns, go back to December 2017's episodes. Uh, look for the one with, if I remember correctly, the thumbnail is Luke drinking blue milk. But um, As well it should, as well as, as should be the thumbnail for all things. <laughs> Um, <laughs> blue milk straight from the nipple. Oh, straight from the giraffe's teat. Um, straight from the giant cow teat. Gu- I guarantee that thing will show up in the film somewhere. In the oh, film. I hope so. Um, so we <laughs> everything else will. Everything else will. Well, um, well, uh, as as a result of that, I've been uh, myself. I've been. I'm looking forward to the new one. I genuinely am because I, I want to see what the conclusion to this trilogy is going to be like. Um. As a film fan, I'm interested to see how J.J. Abrams is going to book end a story that went in way different directions than he was anticipating in its middle entry. So I'm just intrigued to see how he plays with that and how he resolves things after Ryan Johnson made choices that J.J. said now in interviews he wouldn't have made. So I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued to see how they, how, is he going to just try and slot back into where he imagined the conclusion would be? Or is he building off of Ryan's script for The Last Jedi to 
to create a new thing that, that has a flavour of them both, which ideally, that's how I'd like it to end. I'd like it to end in a way that feels like it's wrapping up both flavours of the previous two films together. Because um, as much as I didn't enjoy Last Jedi, it's part of the story, and to ignore it would be weird. Um, in terms of the to- you know ignoring it tonally and its directions for certain characters, that would be odd if they just denied its existence and went back to how jj would have done the trilogy yeah so i hope it's a mix of flavors but there's been some odd vibes going on in general i I, like i say it may be hitting the kids but i feel like there's been a downplay of the online marketing and you're right it might just be to downplay unnecessary hate and vitriol but let's face it those people are always there and they've not gone away like th- those people, are, those people are always already going to watch it anyway. Yeah, they're going to see it. They're going to see it. They're going to drop money on it. Like the you're still going to make your cash, Disney. So what have you got to fear? But there has been some weird marketing snafus, uh, mostly centered around John Boyega, um, who yeah allegedly yeah. misplaced a script in a flat um, or a hotel room. The story changes based on who's telling it. Mm. Earlier this year, he misplaced one of the scripts. One of the like only five full copies that have been allowed to exist, um, and and the, the narrative has changed several times in the interviews, from oh it was yeah it's the full script for the Rise of Skywalker and oh it's the full script but it's done with this sort of thing where you have to like you have to like light the pages a certain way to read it and it's like right hang on wait what because apparently a cleaner got hold of it gave it to someone else who then went to put it on eBay and Disney managed to get hold of it. Now, that's an interesting story, but based on the conflicting interviews and the conflicting information given by everybody, including John Boyega and J.J. Abrams, I call bullshit. I think that, yeah. I think this is... I think it's like he had, like, some sides. I think he left some sides in his hotel room or whatever. I mean, that yeah, that would make sense. Because, like... God, it just... see. It seems like a kind of story you go, oh my God, could you imagine if that happened? But it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We would have heard of this sooner if this had happened, honestly. We really would have done. Um, and you're telling me a cleaner just hands it over? Are you kidding me? If they found that, they'd be like, I'm keeping this. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? right. I'm keeping this. I'm either selling it or I'm keeping it or, or whatever. Like, mental. Like, absolutely mental. And just, it seems really strange that the story keeps changing and tweaking and... Uh, I don't think it's a case of Chinese whispers. I think it's just a case of it's bullshit. And and maybe mm. maybe he left a call sheet or something. And that's what they're talking about. But they've, they've inflated it to, oh, it was the whole script. It was the whole script. Because on top of that, um, John Boyega's also made some very poor choice of words in interviews in relation yeah, to the fan backlash. It's, it's surprising. Surprising. Yeah. Um, uh, when asked about the internet's response to The Last Jedi being very polarizing. Um, he was asked, like, you know, what, how, how do you, what do you think about all that and, and the fact that it forced Kelly Marie Tran, who plays Rotiko, um, sort of off of social media. She, she left because she felt like she was being overwhelmingly harassed and bullied. And John Boyega, I think what he... what, what he, He's since released a statement to say, and what it seems like he yeah. was trying to say was... Like, yeah. you've got to be really kind of strong to deal with all that stuff and to not deal with it might be taken as a sign of weakness, but, you know, ultimately you have to kind of expect it and um, it sucks that it happens and people need to be nicer. But what he, he said was, like, you have to be strong to deal with that sort of stuff. I think it's, it you're, you're weak if you back down. 
And it's like, are you saying that Kelly was weak? Yeah, it was a really odd... Really, really strange wording. Really weird thing to um, say. But it it's also like he, he's been biting back a lot of the people who hate it in... in because of course, of course, if someone's like, we hate your movie because of st- stupid reasons, like sexism and this and the other, yeah. you know, if they say that, you're more than entitled to want to say back to them, well, you guys are fucking idiots. But you're also doing publicity for a kid's film, for a massive film company. Yeah. So maybe be a yeah. bit more diplomatic and just say, look, I feel like there are people who are mad about it for reasons that ultimately are down to them and who they are as people and they need to look at themselves and think about what's really important in life and who they might be hurting yeah but i just hope everybody regardless of how they feel about previous films i hope they have a good time and they get what they want from this movie be diplomatic say that basically make it clear that you don't endorse the sexism but at the same time hey we're here to have fun guys so come and watch the movie and have fun um and if you want to put a separate statement saying, leave my mates alone because you're all being assholes, do that too. Absolutely. Um, but his choice of words, man, just like, oh. And this hasn't this hasn't been helped by the fact this last week I've heard a story off of somebody I've been working with about a time that Boyega worked at the Old Vic and was very difficult to work with. Oh, <laughs> In a no. way that's making me go, no, no, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. I don't want to believe that he's an arsehole. No. Yeah, but I think I think then, I think it, we're dealing with somebody who's who's done a lot in a lot of year in, in, a, in a in a short amount of time from a young age and has kind of forgotten to think before he opens his mouth. But then there's there's also that this comes on the heels of the Daisy Ridley interview. Yeah, no, I've not I've not read into this where, one proper. Where what's what's happened here? Bit, basically um, the interviewer asks her about you know her privilege and she's like no no i don't i don't think i'm i'm privileged i think me and john are pretty much the same and i'm like oh daisy no. daisy no daisy daisy give us like, your answer you don't. went to boarding school your your dad was but you came from come from a wealthy family like it's not the same oh yeah. dear oh god Oh dear. I mean, at the same time, are these, in the defense of John and Daisy and everybody, are these the sort of questions that should really be being asked of the stars of a kids' film on the junket for the kids' film? Do you know what I mean? Like, there are definitely things. I don't think the press treats it like a kids' film, for one thing. Yeah, they don't, do they? It's it's an odd one. And I think. um... Because, of course, course there's going to be people complaining now, but of course, Star Wars is multi generational, but ultimately, it's fantasy sci fi fairy tales aimed at the family. Yeah, that most yeah, yeah. most most strike a chord with the children in the audience. Oh yeah, it's the reason yeah. why we adored the prequels at first as kids, and why there's a generation of people younger than us who love the prequels even to this day because of how much joy they brought them when they were Chris, kids. Chris, I went to see Attack of the Clones three times at the cinema. Exactly, exactly. What the fuck is wrong with me? You've got problems, but you know we can get you the help you need. But it's you know it's it's <laughs> these these films are there to strike a chord as. Uh, at children ultimately that's that's who yeah. these films are for in the grand scheme of things yeah so it is weird that these questions are being asked on the junkets and these are the focuses it's it's odd but also and here's, here's sort of a, a little little bit of a game we're going to play now to uh to wrap up the thingy um based on rumors because as of the recording of this podcast guys it's the 16th we've not seen the film uh, as of the release of this podcast um we'll have both seen the movie 
Yeah. And we will talk about it in spoilerific detail two episodes from now. Um, but yeah. do expect us to post uh, a video at some point later in the week to the Big Damn channel um, with our spoiler-free thoughts um, on YouTube. But uh, based on some rumours, it seems like some odd choices have been made in relation to this film, which has led me to wonder, what our are our collected predictions for The Rise of Skywalker? Because one thing I've heard in the last couple of weeks is that Kelly Marie Tran's role in the film from script to shooting, has been severely reduced. And that Rose is very yeah. much a a momentary player in a couple of scenes. Which would suck yeah, I think... if that was because they're worried about people being mad she's in it. I don't think... I don't think it is. I think it's be probably because J.J. Abrams had a sort of ending in mind for this, which just didn't involve her. True. True. And it's just, he's it, moved away from that uh, because it's not, she's not his character. True. But then again, in like... In the same way that... No, go on, sorry. He created, he, he, in the same way he created the Knights of Ren, didn't yes, do anything uh, with him in The Force Awakens, and then... Here they Ryan are Ryan Johnson didn't pick that thread up in Last Jedi either because it's not... His baby. It, yeah. They weren't part of the story that he wanted to tell. And arguably, they might not have been part of the story J.J. Abrams wanted to tell because he just likes setting things up. (laughs) He's a mystery box guy. Ryan Johnson Johnson was going to tell the story about them, but then he noticed someone on their shoe at the beginning and thought he'd save the time. Um, God, I love that film. Anyway. um, That's very good. That was very good. Seriously, guys, if you you don't like Ryan Johnson because of The Last Jedi, eat your humble pie and go and watch Knives Out. It's brilliant. But um, It's very good. uh, It's an amazing script as well. But uh, which again written by him. But uh, yeah, it could be that. But I think I think the worry is because the precedent for this before within Star Wars of a character being massively introduced, being a big focal point of one film, and then being relegated to oh there they are status in the next one was Jar Jar Binks. Oh no! Yeah, well, true. That Jar Jar was a big part of Phantom Menace, and George has gone on record saying that his role was reduced after the backlash to him. Hence, why he just appears briefly in Clones. And has a couple of lines in Sith. Um, and I really, really hope that isn't the case. And I really hope it's more, like you say, it's more that she just wasn't in JJ's plan. So he's accommodated the character into his story. But even so, that kind of sucks. Like, surely you could find a way for her to be more involved. Um, especially because based on what we know of the film, they're introducing another handful of new protagonists. Yeah. So... Couldn't Rose That's have true. occupied one of those story beats? That's very true. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see. I, I just all I really hope at this point is that Kelly Marie Tran gets a breakout role in something in the very near future. Yeah, because she's been done a yeah. dirty by the internet, and it it sucks the way she's yeah, been she treated. Has. <laughs> and I like that character in 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 the Last Jedi, and I don't understand why people Ro- didn't. Again, Movie Bob points this out in his uh, really that good. Uh, episode on Star Wars that Han Solo enters the film at the start of the second act um, and is our POV character all of all over again because we've not really yeah. had one yet and then this guy rocks up who apart from the occasional weird space word talks and thinks like we do and, yeah. and he's he's just sort of there and, and that's kind of nice because by the time he's in it you're like right he gets to quip on how weird this scenario is 
Well, Rose Tico, <laughs> Rose Tico was a similar character in that she was a fan self-insert. Like, yeah. she's in Last Jedi. When she rocks up, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, you're Finn. And you work with Han Solo and oh my God. And it's like, yeah, we, she should be an Osgood. You know what I mean? She should be a Ray Stance. She's a character who loves this stuff. Uh, who we should be like, yeah. And I don't, I, I mean, me personally, I don't think The Last Jedi used her to her best potential. No. But there is room for that character to be beloved there. But hey, forget that. Let's throw in another tiny robot. That'll distract everyone. Um, so what are your what are your upcoming predictions for the movie that, as of now, we have not yet watched? And if you guys have already no. watched it as you're listening to this, let's see how much of our stuff is right or wrong. Um, um, I don't think we're going to get... The most important thing is I don't think we're going to get a um, double back on Ray's parents. Okay. I don't think they're going to be like, actually, she was the child of this person all along. I just, I don't think they're going to do that. And if they do, they're cowards. Um, which, you know, might well be the case. Yeah, can I can, uh, I, can I make my first prediction? That they're going to do that. I think they're going to do it. Which, again, I don't like myself. I One thing I really liked about that reveal in Last Jedi was the idea that, yeah, no, she's she's no one in terms of lineage. Yeah, she's just a person. Which, which makes sense because the logic of the sequel trilogy when it comes to the force is the logic of the original trilogy. It's space magic. Yeah. Like let's let, let the force choose someone to be its conduit, which is why she is like a very quick learner. And it would just piss all over the themes of the last Jedi, uh, the last Jedi yeah. in terms of, you know, want it, it being, a, not being about where you're from or who your parents are. It's about, who you are and the, and the power you have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's because uh, I mean, the last Jedi, that's, that's the, the ending shot of the movie doubles down on that. The ending shot yeah. of the movie is the kid moving the broom with the force. And you're like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. Like, and uh, absolutely. But, well, my second prediction is they're not going to follow up on that. I don't think they're going to follow up on the idea of force sensitive people out and about, which no. in, a, in a way means The Last Jedi has a really nice, like, oh, note to end on, but will feel odd that that isn't the last note of the last film. Like, it feels like that should be the closing shot of this film, almost. Yeah, it almost, it, Last Jedi almost felt like it could be the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would have been happy with it, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't think they're going to follow up on that, though they really should, because of how it feels definitive in the last one, but you should probably at least comment on it in this one. Um, I don't think Palpatine is a force ghost. As, ha- no, as has been the suspicion think, for a long time. I I, I, th- I think he's full on, um, has survived uh, through sheer force huh? of will. Hey. Um, because why would we be spending time in the Death Star wreckage outside of the obvious nostalgia? <sighs> Like, I think he's Mecha Palpatine. You think you think that like floating chair thing we kind of see is partially him? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be down for that. I'd be down to clown. Yeah. Um. Um. I think <clears throat> I don't think we're gonna get any more backstory about Snoke. Well, have you seen the preview clip of Kylo Ren? No. Okay. Um. I've not been going out of my way to get this. No, stuff, no. So. Without going into it, then. You're not going to get backstory for Snoke based on what's suggested in this clip, but something will uh, allude to what Snoke 
was in terms of his role. Okay. Yeah, because when I saw this preview clip, I was like, "What?" And then, mm. and then I then then I forcibly stopped watching preview clips because I was like, "I think that's giving me a little too much insight." Because I'm now theorizing, but that's what they want me to do. But I kind of just want to, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. I kind of just want to finish my show on Wednesday night, go out for a couple drinks, get something to eat, and then climb into the theater and be surprised. <laughs> so yeah, I that's why I've not I've not. I think part of the reason why we both probably think the marketing is less. Fucking shut up, phone. Uh, part, part it's of the Snoke. Snoke's calling. I know, right? Fucking part of the marketing is so we feel like it's less saturated because we've not been searching it out. He's calling to say, "Don't cut me off." Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I know what you mean. We've we've kind of um, we our personal journeys with it have been like we have a pop culture podcast, but we also don't want to ruin it and be surprised. Yeah, like I've watched it. I've watched the two main trailers, but I've not gone searching for TV spots or... Oh, like, so you're unaware of hashtag no. they fly now? Oh, I did see that. That was all over social media. <laughs> That's true. They fly now. Um, they fly they now. They fly now. Um, C-3PO will die in some way. Yeah. C-3PO yeah, yeah. will be used as a conduit for something that will result in his execution. Um, and uh, C-3PO will die and Chewie will live. Chewie will survive the series. Oh yeah, Chewie will survive. Um, he's not going to be crushed by a moon like he was in the old days. <laughs> um, and then discovered by Indiana Jones or whatever in another thing. Do you remember that one? Oh god, Cause, cause he was cr- that he was, was cr- one of the Star Wars Infinity sh- stories. Yeah, yeah, because he was crushed by in main continuity as it was now Legends. He was crushed by a moon, wasn't he? Yeah, um, saving the children of uh, of Han and Leia. Yeah, um, but there's a com- that mini comic book story where like they crash on Earth and. Or what eventually becomes Earth, and Han dies in the crash. Yeah, and then event. Oh, shortly after. Yeah, and then eventually, like thousands of years later, it it appears to just be the record, like the the remains of a temple, and yeah. Indiana Jones goes in to discover the like what treasures are inside. At the same time, they're in a in the forest that it's in. There are sightings of Bigfoot. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, this is fanfiction.net levels of weird um love it love (laughs) it love it um that's gonna be the post-credit scene um no i oh do we think i never think (laughs) clearly uh do we think (laughs) that we're gonna be getting any major character deaths other than c3 other than three so out of our out of our core um, the our cast. leads, so our, our Poe, Ray, Finn. Um, uh, I'm not going to say. La- I'm not going to die. I'm, I'm not going to say Lando. Redeemed. Kylo, yeah. Uh, I think I think we're going to lose Kylo because it's predictable, and I think it's going to be an act of self sacrifice. I think we're going to lose Kylo and get Ben Solo. Oh, Bay Solo, dreamy, dreamy Ben Solo with his wide chest. Ben Swolo. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we're going to lose Kylo in an act of self-sacrifice a la um, Vader at the end of Jedi because predictable um, I I kind of I kind of want us to lose if we're going to lose Kylo I kind of want us to lose Kylo and Rey and make it more about that balance thing almost do you know what I mean but, make it a fresh start basically yeah. for the galaxy yeah um 
But at the same time, I think that would be an odd message to send. That it's like, and now the hands of the future are left in... Uh, the, the hands of the future that are going to guide everyone are Poe Dameron's. It's like, yeah, that's a bit weird that we've bigged Ray up so much and then she goes. But at the same time... I don't time, think you need to do that, though. I don't think you need to, to, to turn around and say, oh, with the future of the galaxy is in the hands of these other characters. You just need to say it's in... It's not in their yeah, hands. Everyone anymore. can take a breath now. Yeah. Everything, everything's cool, fam. Everything's cool. Um, yeah, the kid with the broom's gonna come back and and sort things out in twenty years time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. It's all cool. It's all cool. Um, what do we think Luke's role is in the film? Force Ghost. Do you think so? I, I, what else would it be? I, I, I support your theorem, and I shall tell you for why. There's been a bit of viral marketing doing the rounds. Uh, so back when Murder on the Orient Express was being made, in the run-up to Last Jedi coming out, Josh Gad did a series of videos on his Instagram where he was harassing Daisy Ridley for information. Oh, yeah, we, I saw one of those, yeah, yeah. They were, they were very funny and very cute. And, like, at one point, he gets uh, Judy Dench involved. And, and, you know, it was these brilliant little sketches that basically Josh Gad was doing on this film set with all these stars. Um, and it was great. It was really fun. Um... Disney obviously went, that was funny. Hey, Josh, you're promoting one of our movies right now. Hey, Daisy, yeah. you're promoting one of our movies right now. Can we get you guys to film an advert? And it's a, it's a little comedy sketch on Walt Disney's YouTube channel um, where she's doing a junket and Josh Gad comes in and is like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bug you for questions, but these guys will. And then it's just a series of endless cameos of people coming through yeah. the door asking a question. Apart from JJ, just comes through and says, stay strong, Daisy. And just walks out. Um, it's like John, nice. John Boyega uh, appears and like Tom Holland, Paul Bettany, uh, Tina Fey. It's just a random string of people and they're asking her weird questions. She's responding. And it's, it's a fun little skit. But Mark Hamill mentioned on Twitter that he originally, because people were saying, why are you not in this? And he said, well, I did, he said, I, funnily enough, I did shoot um, shoots and I'll have to find the way he words it he says I did I did shoot something for this but we cut it out because Daisy thought uh, the thing I said was a bit too spoilerific now uh, now, Hamill, uh, now Hamill is a big old troll when it comes oh, to oh yeah he loves thing. winding people up yeah oh here it is yeah he says Daisy somehow considers it a spoiler seriously and he's got eye, an eye rolling emoji but it's because he referred to himself as Luke the Spook <laughs> which is funny but if he's purposely going oh sod it is a bit of info everybody then that does imply that it force ghost luke is is indeed his role in the film um it makes sense wouldn't it it makes sense uh, i mean yeah yeah <laughs> i mean what else could it be um are any other big old predictions that are up on your thingy hole? Because um, we have too many cute droids now, and I fear that R2 is once again going to be underutilized. R2's going to be shuffled off along with C3PO because he can't exist without 3PO. True, but he's cute though, isn't he? One cannot function without the other. <laughs> he is cute. <laughs> BB8's here to, you know, BB8. Um. You know, BB-8... He's an old model. New new dialogue, scare quotes, wasn't recorded for Last Jedi for BB-8. Ryan Johnson just used stuff they already had in the batch. Well, they probably had... They probably have tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. True, but that, that to me, felt like a weird shortcut. Because it's like, part of the charm of him in The Force Awakens is it feels like he's alive. Like, his little weird noises feel like responsive. And it's because it was, um... 
It was um, oh god, Thomas Bill Hader and Ben. No, Schwartz. not Thomas Middleditch. I'm talking about Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz. Thomas Middleditch hasn't popped up in it yet, has he? In Star Wars. I guarantee he's a stormtrooper in this one. Probably he's he's in that he's in that network. He will definitely show up at some point as a stormtrooper, um, uh, or a voice of one, uh, or just do a Daniel Craig and show up to set one day. Um, isn't it isn't it weird to think that like you know bloody like Harry Prince Harry and Prince William Daniel Craig like have all snuck into stormtrooper outfits and cameoed in these movies it's so weird yeah that's not bad um well it's not time the first it's not the first time prince harry's worn a stormtrooper costume true <laughs> who's the oh god that top oh was that prince william no it was harry it was harry oh, okay. yeah, yeah it was harry you leave wills out of this willie <laughs> willie and gator um getty and willie uh, welcome to our lovely family but um oh god oh, who, who was the stormtrooper who slapped Finn on the arse in Last, Je- Last Jedi. Was that? Is someone like Tom Hardy? It's someone like that who just randomly cameoed. Um, can't remember now. Someone, someone tell us know. in the comments who played the stormtrooper that slapped Finn on the arse. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Which was such a weird. Who could moment. say? Who could say? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I have a feeling that. Um, oh yeah, so, yeah. I just basically what I'm saying is I want I want Schwartz and and Hader to do more noises for BBA, but I have a feeling the uh, R2's gonna just be kind of waylaid a bit. Yeah, probably. In a way that makes me I sad because think... it's like Chewie and three PO are being given these moments, but R2's just kind of there. What can you do with him? You can't speak. Well, you can absolutely use him. You just don't introduce another freaking droid, like this little um angle poised lamp on a wheel thing that they've introduced for this do you one. have any idea how many do's they're gonna sell well i'll be honest probably not many compared to bb8 considering i've not seen any do's on sale yet yeah that's true it's weird it, it feels like there's been less less toys they, not, for this one they are out there they are out there but they just don't seem socks shops don't seem to be stocking them exactly like what you shouldn't have to seek them here seek them there because um, we, well, we, we talked that's about that's this before, the... there's been lots of new Star Wars merch, but not really Rise of Skywalker stuff. But it is out there, that's the thing. It is there. They're just not stocking it. I'm only picking up one myself, because I don't really collect them anymore, but like, I want to at least get the Ray on the Black Series for this one, so I can have a Ray from each of the three. Um, yeah, the Rise of the Skywalker Black Series figures look nice. And also to continue the ongoing saga of they've not settled on a sculpt for Daisy Ridley yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's everyone true. is different, and yet they all do look like her. It's like, what is this? That's true. What is going on? Um, um, <laughs> uh, best one they've made so far is the end of Force Awakens, start of Last Jedi one, the, the which, as you've seen, is in my office holding out the lightsaber. Yes. Yeah, that's quite um, good. that's a good figure. Um, I think, I think that this is basically going to be a retread of Return of the Jedi in the same way that Force Awakens was a retread of New Hope. Yeah, do we... And do I'm we, fine do with we that. Think the des- fine do we with think that. the Desert Chase stuff is in the first act and is sort of the Jabba's Palace sequence, as it were? Yeah, probably. And I think... Lando flies the Falcon, so... <laughs> I think um, that the Daisy... The Daisy... The, the, the <laughs> Ray as a Sith stuff is... False. Dagobah, Cave, Force Vision. Yeah. And I think that... Um, the end, the end, big space battle is going to be the like the return of the Jedi end, big space battle, big old end space battle. We got to destroy the the this whatever this super weapon is. Yeah, do you think that? Who do, knows? You think that do you think that's where the horse riding in space is going to be? 
Yeah, probably. I'd love that. Like, we're just going to land a ship on the side of this space station and then, ho- and then ride horses along it. Because who would expect that? <laughs> who would expect horse riding in space? Oh, I hope it is. I love that idea. <laughs> horse riding in space. I love it. I love it. Why not? Fuck it. Why the it. fuck not? It's it started out as a Saburai Western hybrid. We may as well have some horse riding. Yeah, too. Gosh, right. we darn had some it. Horse riding in the last one. Um, also, based on that, did you see that latest poster? It's ugly as fuck. It it's it's <laughs> the red and blue lightsabers slicing into like a rock formation on a plain white background, and the top of the formation is Vader's burned helmet. And I think I think it's that, that thing in the trailer where you see Rey and Kylo smashing this thing with a lightsaber in a pure white environment. No, that is Vader's helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see it. Yeah. So it's definitely definitely part of a vision of some kind. It has to be. Um, no, I think it might be. Um... I don't know for for it to be that pure white and clean everywhere in a Star Wars movie. It's got to be a vision. <laughs> no, it could be a first order ship. True, but look at look at their ships in in Jedi and uh, oh, in especially Last Jedi in Last Jedi, and, yeah, in especially in Last Jedi. But who's doing the mopping? One of the stormtroopers. Roger, Roger. Get a battle droid to do it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Also, we'll get it. I think my last prediction: we'll get a Roger, Roger in some way because we can see from that like workshoppy bit with three PO is there's bits of battle droid hung up on the wall. Oh yeah, I'd love and that. And they won't they that. won't be able to resist somewhere in the film something going ranger ranger. So do you think do you think we'll get a Mr. Bones cameo from the Aftermath trilogy? Mr. Bones cameo. <laughs> um me- Have you not encountered Mr. I've Bones? I've not encountered in the Mr. Aftermath Bones trilogy? yet, no, but I I, oh, okay. I, I think right. I think we will get a cameo from him in the same way we got a cameo from the little uh, the R2 unit from Rebels um in Rogue One. We're just kind of there. So like, well, oh, the uh, the the ghost is in ghost the is in the fleet, scene. yeah. So it's like, who's who's driving it? Who the hell's driving it? Mm. Is it a really really elderly Ezra? <laughs> he will be that. He'll be the same age as Luke. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Really old as balls. He is canonically the same age old as old as balls and planning to decapitate his nephew in his sleep, just like Luke, just like Luke. Do we think? Do we think? Uh, <laughs> Do we think there might be some link between the Mandalorian and Rise of the Skywalker, considering that they have changed the date of the the, the episode that's due to go around, due to go out around then? Uh, yeah. No, I'll be honest. I think the fact they've changed the date is more to do with the fact that they just don't want an episode of the Mandalorian to drop, as it were, during, I during guess, the yeah. run. Um, I would love it if the Raider Crest showed up in that uh, start in the space battle. Maybe the, maybe cool. maybe Baby Yoda's pods just hanging out somewhere. Yeah, why not? I'm looking forward to maybe us, Baby Yoda's I'm, just hanging out somewhere. I'm looking forward to us getting an actual name for that character at some point because he is he is named in officially he is just named the child. Yeah, so we're gonna get that when the Funko finally comes out because they reveal what the Funko looks like and it does look adorable. But no, that, that, that's that's the name on all the merchandise because yeah. they've started. Oh, good, good. It's, the, it's just the child. But because of how kawaii he already is, the Funko of Baby Yoda just looks like a Funko of Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Kawaii. He should. He needs his little soup bowl. Oh yes, he does. Little baby. Little baby. Well, do you know what else needs a soup bowl? me yeah and me i've got a sore throat and me <laughs> we both need soup bowls because it's nearly lunchtime where we are yeah in the past in the past <laughs> in the past right 
you go, Cocker. You um, you bowl your soup and <laughs> uh, tend to yourself. Uh, meanwhile, those of you listening can head over to at Big Damn Cast on Twitter and follow us for the latest updates and developments. Uh, keep an eye on our YouTube regular streams, Big Damn. Uh, uh, sorry, Twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream, and of course. If you like the show and you want to support what we do and you're in a position to, please head over to patreon.com forward slash big damn cast where you can support us from as little as one dollar a month. So but, you know, give us money, yeah? <laughs> yeah, don't have to. Give us money, yeah? But, you're gonna uh, give us money, right? Money? Yeah, please. Money. You don't have to though. Do though. Do. We've got to be more aggressive in our marketing, Matt. That's where Rise of Skywalker's failing. Do, 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 do. Oh god. Next week's episode has already been recorded. That will be our Christmas episode. Sweet Christmas. And then the week after that, tune in for a spoilerific deep dive into Star Wars Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. We're going to digest it over a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am the Sarlacc. Oh, last prediction. One of those flying stormtroopers is going to land in a Sarlacc pit. Um, because it's all like a poem. It's like stanzas. Rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, who's your favourite Star Wars character? Mine is Spock. Goodbye, ah! everyone! Goodbye! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shall not pass! <laughs>